Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What a weekend of sports. We had college football week one, not week zero. How about the Colorado Buffs and Deion Sanders? Florida State looking like a juggernaut. Man. Got a Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback there as well. And uh, in Florida, we talked about a little bit, not not so good, but probably not as bad as, as uh, maybe some are making it out to be. In any event, let's start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they, of course, have their first game at Minnesota this week on Sunday. But more importantly, um, the last time we chatted on this podcast, Steve, it was about Mike Evans and how I had reported that they had reached an impasse sort of in their negotiations. I've been talking for a little over a year about maybe extending his contract. This is the last year of Mike's contract uh, going into his 10th season. He just turned 30 years old. And uh, no sooner than had that story been posted than early in the morning, probably around 8 a.m. on Friday, the agent for Mike Evans, Derek Gilmore, released a statement saying, yeah, uh, things aren't happening right now, and the Bucks have until Saturday, the eve of the first regular season game in Minnesota, to either reach a deal, and this is the part I don't get, or what, <laughs> but they've given him a deadline because he wants to focus on the season, and at that point, he says he's just going to turn his, his attentions to playing, and, and, and they're not going to negotiate anymore, and I don't you know, you never say never. I mean, there's always going to be that time uh, after the season before you get to free agency in March where you certainly can talk to them. Um, but it, it feels like, and, and, and you know, we'll get into the circumstances why I don't think he's going to get a deal, but it sort of feels like, yeah, you know what? This is going to be Mike Evans' last season in Tampa. It Well, and, and based on, you know, your reporting, what we talked about on the podcast, and now that they've given a timeline of, essentially this weekend, right? that if there's no deal done, and, and the statement was very interesting mm-hmm. because it was how professional Jason Light and Mike Greenberg yeah. and, the org- and, and the front office has been. Uh-huh. But they're at an impasse. They're saying they haven't even gotten a counteroffer, essentially. They didn't get an A offer, yeah, yeah, you're right. And so that points squarely on the Glazers mm-hmm. have said – we're not doing that. That's right. Whether it's they just don't want to pay him that much money or they don't want to spend that much on a position or who knows who knows what their reasoning is. Yeah. But the Mike Evans agent directly pointed the finger at the Glazers. Yeah, he made it clear that he, it, it, you almost get the sense that, you know, if it were up to Jason or maybe Mike Greenberg that, that they would try to figure something out. Now, the other part of it is, you know, okay, what is he asking for? And from everything I can ascertain, the, the contract he is, uh, they have brought up, Derek Gilmore, uh, Mike's agent, has, has been one of Cooper Cup, which you know, was guaranteed three years, $75 million. And it was more than that um, with other 
things piled on it. But basically, you're, if, you know, I always look at the guarantee money and divide it by the number of years. So you're looking at $25 million a year. Um, and, you know, that's certainly more than he makes now, although his cap number is almost to 20, about $24 million because of the, you know, sort of the renegotiations he did over the last three years with Tom Brady kind of raised that number. But it's tough because... He's so if you did if you did do a deal that was somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty three, twenty four, twenty five million dollars, okay, you know Chris Godwin has would have one more season next year, twenty twenty four would be Chris Godwin's last year, and he's making twenty million, so you're paying you know forty four million dollars, forty five million dollars for two receivers. One's in his eighth year, one would be in his eleventh year, um, and then in addition to that. You got Antoine Winfield Jr. is up, and Devin White is up, and Tristan Wirfs will be going into his fifth year, and you probably want to get him locked up before he has to play under that fifth year option. Um, and then, oh by the way, what happens to quarterback? I mean, are, are we sure they're going to finish like many people are predicting them to the thirty first ranked team in the in in the uh, NFL that they're going to be in the top five kind of pick where they can get one of these top quarterbacks coming out or you know, are they going to have to go the free agent route? And what if Baker Mayfield does play well? And like Geno Smith, he's up for a new contract, whether it's here or someplace else. And you've got to give him $35, $35 million a year. So you you take all of that and the fact that my personal opinion is you don't get a good deal when you put a gun to somebody's head and tell them that you got till Saturday. Um, I I don't feel as if we're going to see a contract for Mike Evans this year. It, it it certainly doesn't feel like it, and you know, look, the agent's not putting that statement out if if mm. he doesn't believe it's not happening. And, right, and it's if this is the last ditch effort to put pressure on, absolutely, or to you know just kind of you know basically be able to publicly say we're done talking, right, and and allows every other team to know that hey, Mike Evans may be available either in free agency in March. Or possibly at the trade deadline if the Bucks aren't playing well. That's a great point. I, I think you make that. That's the point that I think this is about with with uh, with Mike, at least with his representative. I haven't talked to Mike, and we're supposed mm-hmm. to talk to him. I think on Thursday, and and I don't expect him to do much except you know say how he's you know would like to finish his career here and he's focused on the seat. I don't really know what he's going to say, but from the agent's perspective, um, and and maybe him and Mike are in concert with this, but. This is what you would say if you represented him. I was like, okay, so we've been talking for over a year. We don't have an offer. And it doesn't appear that that one is forthcoming. Why make my guy play through the season? Because after all, if he can secure his future now, if you don't want to secure it with him, make him available for trade. Make him available right now before the season starts. You know, mm-hmm. call some teams. See, let let us. In, and and I thought maybe this was where they were headed, instead of, you know, hey, you have until Saturday to make a deal. Maybe maybe after Saturday, this will be the the new tact. Will be okay. So we have no deal now. Give us permission to go out there and seek a trade, right? Um, seek a new deal that would include you know him signing an ex- an extension with some other team because. My, your stance with as, an, as an agent would be, I got to protect this guy. You know, if he goes out there and plays, this might be the last contract he ever sees. Um, but if I can get it, if I can get a two-year deal or a three-year deal from, say, the Indianapolis Colts, 
right, or the Texans or something like that, then now I've secured his future. And since you guys, and, and oh, by the way, since you're not interested in paying him, how about you get some draft picks for him at least? Because he's a free agent next year. You're going to get nothing. You know, compensatory, I think the most they would get would be like a fifth round if he signed someplace else. So I think this is sort of, you know, without saying it, it's like, okay, well, you know, if you won't pay him, how about we find out who would? And would there be teams that would take? Yes, absolutely. Teams with a better salary cap situation maybe don't have the receiving depth that the Bucks do. I think there's a team that would probably pay Mike Evans even in his 10th season, you know, $24, $25 million. I I don't know that they're going to do it after this year. You know, that that would remain to be seen. Um, But we don't know, you know, what's going to happen when we get to Saturday and they don't have an offer or they don't have an agreement. I really don't think they're going to continue, you know, can they talk? Yes. Well, sounds to me, knowing Mike, He's going to want to be all in for this season, and he hasn't missed a day of practice, and he looks really good. I know they held him out of the final preseason game, a little bit of a, of a groin kind of a, a groin tweak, but um, he's going to want to go ball out, you know, and, 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 and try to get in the playoffs and, you know, lead his team the way he always does. And I don't think it'll be much of a discussion during the year after this, but yeah, it's just, it, and, and people, came out of the woodwork. First of all, when I wrote the story, you know, the usual trolls were like, oh, stirring stuff up. Well, yeah, okay, so was I? Because the next morning, the agent's putting a deadline on him for Saturday. But aside from that, um, you know, the sentiment with fans is always, you better pay this guy. Like, this is, of all the people, like Mike Evans has done everything he can do to help you win. He, he was with a bunch of lousy quarterbacks for all those years, and you finally get Tom Brady, and he allows, without chirping about anything, you know, here comes Gronk, here comes uh, Antonio Brown, uh, you know, even Chris Godwin, like, yeah, take my targets. I don't care. I just want to win. And and so he's been as unselfish at the most selfish position on the field, um, right? And, and, and all he has done is spit out a 1,000-yard seasons nine straight years, which is an NFL record and counting. And he's going on the ring of honor. He's going on that stadium. And and if he plays another year or two, there's a really good argument that he's going to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, which will be, you know, probably your next Hall of Fame player. So all that said, if you're ever going to do it for somebody, you do it for this guy with all that he means to the community. But you know what? This same ownership group, as much as they love their 2002 bucks, they let players leave they they let warren Sapp become a free agent and sign with you know the the raiders at that time they let Derek brooks they waived him i'll never forget the one page where his name was on there with cato june and warwick dunn and uh, ike hilliard that they all released to start of 2009 season you know no no ceremony no you know no nothing uh, John Lynch was let go after a failed physical, but he was able to pass one in Denver and make four straight Pro Bowls, and now he's in the Hall of Fame. And and really, they're not, you know, it's not the only, I'm not rapping on the Glazers because, look, the 49ers did it too. The 49, Joe Montana, after they got Steve Young, and Montana was hurt, and Young, I think, won the MVP that year, or at least was in the running. Montana had to go to Kansas City. Jerry Rice went to the Raiders. Ronnie Lott went to the Raiders. 
Now those guys all consider themselves 49ers to this 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 day. They 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 played for other teams, but they they look at themselves and they hang together as as 49ers and forever will be. But with Mike, um if you think if you think that they're going to make an exception, there's no evidence of that. The only guy that they did lock up and I think and Rondy told me Rondy Barber told me that he thought he benefited from sort of the pushback that happened after those guys were let go. He said, you know, I, he said, I don't think the Glazers really enjoyed watching those guys go someplace else and win and play. And he goes, I probably benefit from that because at 31 years old, which is a year older than Mike is now, Rondy Barber signed a six-year deal, <laughs> a six-year contract. And he goes, it was the most money I ever made. So... He goes, I think I'd be naive to think that it was had didn't have something to do with the three guys that let go before me. Um, but in this instance, I, I just I don't see it happening because of that position is such a um, you know, as you get older, you don't typically get more healthy and, 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 and more productive. So it's sort of a wait and see. And I'm sure they feel like, well, if he goes out there and he plays well, uh, he does love the organization. I think he does want to finish his career here. Then we can talk to him in March about a new contract or whatnot, um, kind of knowing what we have in front of us with the quarterback position with other things. Um, but yeah, I just I don't see him doing it. It's certainly not with a, a deadline that they have looming over their heads. All right, we got lots of college football to talk about, especially Florida State. But first, I want to tell you guys, of course, you know that it's hurricane season because we just dodged one. Uh, the good news is, is that you can keep your power on without breaking the bank. And that's with solar battery backup power. There's no fuel cost to run it, no loud generator noise, no annual maintenance costs. And May Electric Solar offers you a 15-year warranty on their solar battery backup. Plus, solar battery backup saves you hundreds of dollars each and every month. If you lose power, a generator can cost over $2,000 a week just to run. Solar battery systems qualify also for a 30% tax credit for the new systems or just for adding a battery to your existing M-Phase solar system. Trust the pros in solar to learn more about May Electric Solar's battery backup or to get started, call 727-819-2862 or visit mayelectricsolar.com. I love me some college football. I hated me some Spectrum. I had to go uh, break down and get some YouTube TV because Spectrum does not have ABC, so I had to watch College Game Day on Saturday, which is, uh, you know, one of the greatest days of the week. Um, and, and, and boy, it didn't disappoint. We'll get to, uh, what I thought was the most, one of the most interesting games, uh, maybe of the college football season, which was Colorado going into TCU and the Deion Sanders and his kids, uh, taking down the Horn Frogs. That was great game. Uh, great drama and have some comments about what happened after the game. But, uh, let's talk about Florida state because I got to be honest with you. Like I watched, I watched Jordan Travis last year, and I thought he was impressive, especially down the stretch. They won a lot mm-hmm. of games, and I thought he was efficient. You know what I mean? I thought, okay, you know, they're getting it. Like you could see, Mike Norvell's group was really um, starting to hit their stride, and and you could tell they they knew how to win games. But I didn't, I I didn't necessarily buy the Heisman hype. You know, I saw they were ranked like eighth or whatever it was in the country to start the season. And I thought, I don't know. You know, like they had this game against LSU looming. 
in Orlando, and LSU's really talented. Mm-hmm. They've always been talented, and and you know, I mean, Kelly came in from Notre Dame last year, and and you know, you figure, well, it's going to take him at least a year or so to kind of, you know, get his his guys and his system and his coaches and everything going. So I thought this is going to be a tough game, a really tough game, and 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 I just wasn't convinced. I'm convinced now. I'm convinced now, and. That quarterback is as poised and as accurate as anybody in the country and makes huge plays when they needed to be made. But you know what Norvell has done? How about a guy that has gone into the transfer portal and pulled out some playmakers at receiver the way he did? Well, Kean Coleman oh, from Michigan God. State. And yeah, oh, I mean, my gosh. He had a monster game. Oh. Um, you know, what was most impressive about Florida State, I mean, they were down, what, 17-14 at the half. Yep. A good game. And then they just dominated the second half. Yeah, they did. Like the adjustments and the physicality just wore LSU down. And mm-hmm. you're not supposed to be able to do that against a top SEC school. No, no. You know, and, and you know, I saw some of Brian Kelly's comments after the game. Um, you know. He said we thought we were Georgia. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that on you? <laughs> yeah, it is. You're preparing these guys. Who told them they were Georgia? Yeah. You know? You know, I mean, they had a great year last year and, and – did they come in this season a little cocky? Maybe. Although, I mean, the first half they played pretty well. Look, LSU's talented, and mm-hmm. those guys are all like that, right? Have you have you have you seen Devin White play? I mean, mm-hmm. how many LSU players have the Bucks had that have come through? You know, yep. come through here. I mean, they're all uh, and and look around look around the NFL. How about those receivers? You know that that Odell Beckham Jr. and on down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they have confidence. They're talented as hell, and that's why they're confident. But as confident as they were, Florida State just took it to them. Like this was no fluke, man. They were they were more physical. They executed better. Um, they played better defense. Like they took that game over. It was impressive what they did in the second half. I thought. Yeah, I I, I thought Florida State would win the game, but I would have never told you it would have, they would have gone on a thirty-one nothing run in the second half. Incredible. And then you know LSU scored late, but. Yeah. I mean, I, I, if anybody said they saw that coming, they're lying. Right. You know, Florida State winning, of course, you know, that was that was very possible in, in that. But the domination in that game was that, – that's impressive. And mm-hmm. and we'll get to coaching here in a minute. Yeah. Because Mike Norvell has done a fantastic job there. He really has. I mean, you think back a couple of years ago <laughs> – I mean, they were ready to run this guy out, and he, you know, he he was one of those guys that came in a COVID year, which I I don't know how you even count, right? Mm-hmm. Um, impossible to try to manage that. I mean, what a terrible year to start your program. Um, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like they hit it right off the bat, man. Oh, I remember was, the stories in his second year. They oh, want yeah. to get rid of Norvell, but they can't afford the buyout. They're still That's paying right. Taggart. They couldn't afford it. Yeah, like it was. They wanted to run him out of town. Oh, yeah, it was a woe is us. We can't afford yeah. to, to buy this guy out. Yeah, yeah. we don't have enough. Ca- I mean, because in year two, they weren't a national champion or That's a conference right. champion. And, and mm-hmm. Dion looks like he's maybe turned Colorado's roster around pretty quick. Yeah, and, he and, did. It, and it's possible. Uh-huh. But, you know, the question with Dion is, is you know, and, and one, we'll see how the whole season goes. Although it's sure. off to a great start, but can mm-hmm. you sustain that with this, right. or are you building a program? Right. You know, Mike Norvell built this, but now he's added some great pieces in the transfer portal. 
Sure did. But he's been building the program. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and all of a sudden, in this instant gratification society we're in, if by yeah. the first game of year two, you're not blowing somebody out, it's let's run them out of town. It's like, wait a minute. I mean, look, Florida State fans, would you be happy if you fired Norvell two years ago now? You have a legit shot at national title this year, the way that team played Sunday night. Oh, no doubt. No doubt they do. You know, that sometimes patience is needed. If you know yeah, the guy's hard. not right, fine. But mm-hmm. because the success doesn't come instantly, doesn't mean that, that you need to fire the coach again. I mean, coaching changes take time. You lose yeah. a year of recruiting. Right. The transfer portal helps it, but you lose a year of recruiting. Because well, you get the there, coaching you get hires there. are made the coaching hires are made after commits are already committing. And right. when letters. you get when you get there, you're you don't have your guys. Right? You might bring a handful or a couple mm-hmm. handfuls of, of players from somewhere. And but but you're really kind of inheriting whatever was there, mm-hmm. and so and whatever's left, because whatever's left, how many guys? Those guys, guys have transferred. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't even know what you have um, once you hit the ground. Um, now we'll get to Colorado here in just a second. You know, you you can decide just to start over, um, but with all the factors that were going on with COVID, with you know, uh, but you're right. People were calling for Norvell's head and how they couldn't afford to buy out and all that stuff. Um, we talked about it, that on this podcast a lot. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it came down to, you know, I think he's a hell of a coach. I, I obviously can recruit. He knows talent. He's gotten it. He's acquired the talent now. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, uh, he's got the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry. I don't care what level you're talking about. Like, if you've got that dude, and he does, and and he played him. You know, he played him when they weren't winning. He let him take his lumps. You know, the kid – uh, wasn't the player he is now, mm-hmm. but they've come through the storm with him. And this guy is a, is a monster. You know, what did he score? Five, accounted for five touchdowns or something like that mm-hmm. between rushing and throwing. And uh, he was poised. He was good. And that environment, you know, it was mostly Florida State, you know, sort of fan base because it was in, it was in Orlando. Um, but that's a big stage, you know, to play on. Uh, and he came through, and he did not disappoint. So, well, Florida State—they're legit. I think they could be. I don't. Did the rankings come out yet? I don't no, know what they're going to be. Uh, well, we just and we're just watching Duke just upset Clemson. My God, Clemson! So the rankings will come out tomorrow Wolf. because there was a game Monday night. They don't. They wait till the day after Labor Day. So yeah, I don't know if Duke is actually that good or if Clemson is just kind of just hit the skids now. I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, I think it's. I, look, Duke's a, Duke won nine games last year. That's what you they said. Returned they returned a lot. They returned they a, a lot, lot from better. that team. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're, they're a good team. I, you know, I didn't expect a twenty-eight-seven drumming yeah. of Clemson. Yeah. Now Clemson turned the ball over a ton. They, I was going to say they had something to do with that because yep. they kept they they were inside the red zone like two or three yeah. times and turned it over. Duke Duke had like a plus sixteen turnover margin last year, which you didn't mm-hmm. expect to continue, and tonight it did. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now it's plus twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the uh, Duke turned them over quite a bit, but and and then Duke had a turnover as we we're watching the highlights on a on a punt, a yeah. punt fumble. But I mean, Florida State is now. The prohibitive favorite to win the ACC. Oh yeah, with Clemson getting beat tonight. The soon-to-be expanded ACC. Yeah, well, you know, we're down to what the Pac-2 now. Oh, God. Although the Pac-12 is uh, thirteen and zero on this season. 
They're going out in a blaze of glory, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm going to be a USC fan because I want to see. I want to see. I would love to see Williams in the national championship game. I think it'd be fun. Um, they got to find the defense still, but yeah, they do. You're right. They do got to do that. It was great. College football was great. It's 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 so much fun. Uh, there's yeah. there's so much. Uh, hey, South Florida you know, looked pretty good. Uh, the score was not what? indicative of that game, and it no, was a late strip sack. Uh, whatever scoop score, whatever you want to call it, you yeah. basically right out of the quarterback's hands and ran it in. Yeah, to make yeah. it a three score game. But I mean, that game was a lot closer than that. Good on Alex Golish and, and that team because they they showed they showed you that. This is a better team than last year. No question. They've made a lot of strides. Now, you know, are they going to win the AAC this year? I highly doubt that. But are you seeing that it's a better team, better execution, better better performance? You know, absolutely. That, that, was, a, a, that was a good first game. Not great. I mean, had they won, it had been great. But it was a good first game for Alex Golish in South Florida. They did everything that Florida didn't, and that is they look like a good product. You know what I mean? Like they, they look like they were ready to play. Mm-hmm. They executed well. They, they didn't make a ton of their own mistakes. You know, you mentioned, of course, the, uh, the ball taken out of the quarterback's hands there mm-hmm. at the end gave them a touchdown. But that was, with about four minutes to go, that was a one-score game. Mm-hmm. You know, and they were going back and forth, in fact. And so – it was really anybody's ball game into the fourth quarter and fairly deep into the fourth quarter. And you're right. You're on the road. It's the first game. It's the first time you've been on the field for something that mattered and your kids are playing like that. And more importantly, they put up points, you know, they mm-hmm. scored points mm-hmm. and that that's what it's about. It's about trying to get, you know, 30 points a game. Uh, and, and they were doing that. And, and I thought, I thought they looked energetic. Um, and that's the other thing I look at. And it's funny, it's funny, man, because, I'm not going to wrap on my child's high school right now, but my gosh, Steinbrenner is off to a tough start. And, and if you're listening to this podcast, it's Steinbrenner. I'm sorry, um, but you need to get you need to get some things in order because I just look at having been around football a long time. Body language is so important to me that when I look at a sideline mm-hmm. and guys aren't into it, and and there's arguing with the coaching staffs and there's all sorts of stuff going on that shouldn't be happening. I don't think your kids. I don't think the team has a chance. Mm-hmm. Like you want to see, you want to see those players run to the huddle. You want to see them be crisp coming out of the huddle. You want to see them get their butts lined up and ready to go. You want to see good technique on every. Like there's certain things you look for. You look for energy. You look, you know, you don't. If a team kind of just kind of walks out there, mm-hmm. and you know, like I, that's not how you. That's not how you take the field. You know, and, and it's so important that that they be into it. And um, and I tell you what. USF was into it. USF, you could tell that Golish, he may not have the talent right now. We'll see. But those players were ready to play. They, like they're they buying showed in. up. They're buying they, in. Oh, they showed up, but they were ready to win. They weren't just ready to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were they were ready to win. Like they came out to win the game. Hello. And that's what it's got to be about. Like you can't the people talk about, oh, you gotta change the culture first. And if you change the culture, look, the culture's winning. <laughs> you know, like you got to be, you got to be, do you learn from losing? And, and, you know, you, you know, there's certain things, but if you do the little, you know, if you do the little things and then the big, you know, hey, you sound like Madden, but it's true. It's like, you got to come out and you got to be ready to play like, you know, okay, we're on the road. It's our first game, new head coaching staff. 
We don't know exactly what we got. Didn't matter. Didn't matter to them. They came out. They were ready to play. And that's that's what was impressive to me was that I'm like, I didn't see that the last few years. I didn't see that at USF, right? Mm-hmm. I saw it in game one with Alex Golish. And I think that's a real that's a real, real thing. That's a real compliment, you know, to them. And let's see him get another year of, of guys in the transfer portal or get his players. And look, they're gonna win some games this year. I don't that didn't look like a football team that can't win games. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many, because I don't you know, I don't know the schedule and the conference and all that. But if you can go on the road in your first time out under that coaching staff and you really don't know what you got and play and execute the way they did for three and a half quarters, you're okay. You're going to be okay. Now you got to do it again, and you got to get even yeah. better each this week than you did the first now week. Now they got Florida A&M this Saturday. Yeah. And then they have Alabama at home next Saturday. That's rough. Yeah. <laughs> that one's going to be rough. Yeah. But then you got Rice and at Navy, and then yeah, you start going through the games. American conference schedule. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you got some, you got a chance to win some games. That's the thing. Like, try to be consistent, you know. And even even against the better teams, like, you know, show up, have a product, whatever. I mean, look, I'll show you a team that, uh, and you know, you talk about them playing Alabama, uh, and this is a different level than USF, I think. My Arkansas State Red Wolves, woof. Or oh, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. they go into Oklahoma and they hang a seventy burger on on Arkansas State. And I'm sorry, but Butch Jones, I know it's I know it's not a high level of football expectations out there to begin with. You need to be fired. <laughs> like that was awful. Like and and he was almost in tears. But you know what? He should be because he's been terrible. And they've had some good coaches that have come through there. Former SEC mm-hmm. guys. It's sort of like the SEC Rehabilitation Center with Malzahn and. You freeze and you know uh, different guys, but like that was terrible. And but you don't see that even whenever whenever USF plays Alabama and Alabama may may truck them, but I bet you don't see that. I I bet those guys are are in it and ready to play and more competitive than that. At least you'd hope so. Um, but yeah, they got. I mean, I I was really. It's just a feeling. It's just like you know what this guy can coach. Like he had them ready. You know, they were ready to win. They made that. That was a competitive game. It was back and forth, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, I was I was really encouraged by them. That was a good show. So, and then and then the game of the week, which was Colorado going into TCU. Uh, what a football game, first of all, right? Like, you have all these expectations. Prime time. Even though it was on at noon, it was prime time. And... Colorado won one game last year. What was it they said? And I, I'm going to get the number wrong, but it was it was more than 65 new players, like guys that have just gotten to Colorado. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, like, he basically told the roster, "You might yeah. as well transfer." Yeah. When he got, there. I keep. I mean, he goes, "I ain't keep me." He goes, "I got one player. One player. We, we don't need one thing. We don't need a quarterback." My son's playing quarterback, and that rubbed people the wrong way too. We're like, "Wait a minute!" He just named your son the court because he's the quarterback. That was the right call as well. Um, but you come in and you, you just completely build a team one year, bring them all from wherever, put them together. And your first games at TCU. And a lot of these guys, you know, like his sons had been playing, you know, at uh, Jackson state and, and, you know, all of that. But man, you talk about high level execution. Now they gave up some points, but 
that was as good a football game, college football game to start a season I have ever seen. And it was dramatic and it was right to the end. And Colorado goes in and does TCU. Uh, and first of all, like as a dad, like just forget about the fact that he's the head coach. As a dad, to see your two kids go out there and ball out like that and a quarterback throw for 500 yards, school record 500 yards and, and account for five touchdowns. I mean, it was, it was, just, it was just ridiculous how well they played. Um, and then, oh, by the way, the Heisman voting is over. It's pretty much over if if <laughs> if that guy goes. How many plays? One hundred and twenty-seven, something like that, for Travis Hunter. God, Travis Hunter is easily the the greatest story in college football right now. No one's ever done that, have they? In a while, I mean, I mean I'm sure it happened all the yeah, time. I'm back sure in the way day, back but, in the day. I mean, I mean, Charles Woodson played. Woodson played you know, both ways. He played, he you know, ten plays a game on offense. Like it yeah. wasn't he wasn't playing every down. Right. I mean he, right. on defense he did, but on offense it was, you know, pick your spots, yeah. here's, you know, two plays go here. Run a go route. Yeah. You know, maybe you didn't even play the next series and then another couple plays and you know, it was pick mm-hmm. your spots. Exactly. I'm trying to think of anybody else. I mean, there's been a few others defensive backs that'll come in on offense periodically, but nothing like what Travis Hunter did. Oh, my God. And, I mean, huge plays. Like, not only is he playing defense. How about the one where they throw the running back in the flat? He comes off his guy in the slot, jumps it, and makes the interception inside the red zone uh, in a one-score game. I mean, just enormous plays. Over 100 yards receiving. Um, Those are – those. you know, between Sanders, uh, you know, the quarterback and him – that's two of the greatest performances I think I've ever seen in college football in a game. Like, you don't get me guys throw for 500 yards, right? Or, or, or certainly no one is, that I've seen has played that many snaps and been great on both sides of the football uh, the way he was. So it was, it was everything that Dion could have helped for. Now, I didn't like the post-game press conference. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. And I, I know Dion a little bit. I mean, he don't know me, but like I've been around him a little bit off, you know, away from football. And of course, you know, his whole career, whether it was Dallas or San Francisco, I was always at, you know, huge games involving him, Super Bowls and championships and all that. So I kind of, I know him a little bit or know about him, uh, know his teammates from the 49ers and stuff like that. First of all, he's, he's, he's one of the most incredible athletes of our time because if you think about guys like him, Bo Jackson, right? Guys that could do it in baseball and in football at the highest level and excel at both. There's just not many guys that are built that way. He was one of them. Um, you know, he he's done everything. But after the game, the one thing you don't get from Prime is humility. <laughs> it just doesn't it just doesn't exist because he takes receipts. And even though they've won one game and not 11, uh, he was calling people out by name practically in the post game and asking if they were, if they were believers now, you believe us now you believe now. And you know, I'm, I'm on the other end of that, Mike, right? I'm the guy that asks the questions. And if somebody says to me, do you believe in us now? Cause there's two things. One, I don't give a damn. I'm not here to believe in you or not believe in you. That's not my job, man. You know, my job is to ask questions. That's it. Now, if I'm a columnist or something, you know, and you want to hold my opinions responsible, by all means. But I'm just there 
asking what happened in games, what you think about, what you just saw, all that stuff. Don't ask me what I think about you because nobody gives a damn what I think. You know, I'm here just to get to solicit from you what, you know, the best responses are that can give some insight as to what's just happened for the last three hours. Um, so I thought that was a little, like, he kind of, and, and of course, I didn't know this at the time, but my friend Ed Werder, eh, let's go to Fort Worth and Ed Werder with Deion Sanders. So Ed was asking, sort of asked the question, I guess, that he started, you know, the whole kind of, like, anthem of, like, do you believe now? Do you believe now? You know, that sort of thing. And I can, I just, I don't know what Ed said. I can just imagine he's going, look, man, <laughs> I'm Ed Werder. <laughs> I, I, I covered you, okay? Remember? Remember? Uh, so that part, I, look, I think they're going to beat Nebraska and, and, and Fox, or, uh, I guess, yeah, the big, the big 10 pregame show and desire and all that stuff. Uh, so there'll be a lot of hype and, and they're better than Nebraska from what I, from what I saw from week one when Minnesota won uh, against them. But I would, you know, there's going to come a game or two where it's not going to go their way. And, you know, you might want to be more than one and zero when you start telling everybody that you've done, you've done the impossible. Uh, but man, he deserves a lot of credit. He's a good coach, and he says the right things. If you hear those messages that he gives his players at halftime before the game, you know what I mean. Like those are the right messages to to tell your team. And and so, I'm a big believer. What he's doing is incredible, and it's great for college football. And you just. I know this was never going to happen at the time, but remember there was about a couple days where people thought that he was involved with USF? How fun would that have been? Oh, my God. And it shows you, too. Like, I think Colorado, Colorado hired him, and they didn't have the money, but they do now. Well, no, they, because, they said they didn't have the money. Yeah. I mean, but, they, but as soon yeah. as they signed him, donations and season tickets sold out. And that was it. We'll that, get it. There's the yeah. money, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's, yeah. We'll get the bag. If you if you say agree to come, we'll find a way, and they've sold every ticket at Colorado, and that place is going to be wild in Boulder. And it's such a, I don't know if you've been there, it's such a beautiful city in Boulder and such a beautiful campus. Like, I can't imagine how much how much fun they're having out there right now after that first win at TCU. But So that was college football, man. It was a great, great week one. I'm sure we'll talk to Matt Baker later this week. About he was at Florida State. He wrote. A, he wrote. He was at Utah. Also. He was at Florida State. So we'll yeah, get, we'll he did just both. All those. Yeah, he wrote a story, and I'll just give you the headline. We'll ask him about it. Is is? I mean, compared Florida to Will, I mean the Willie Taggart situation. I don't. I don't know that I see the comparison. I'll ask him about it. But I don't know that. I don't know that Napier is Willie Taggart just yet. Well, here, here's uh, here's where I see the comparison. Taggart inherited kind of a mess from Jimbo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much like this guy. Did, Napier but. inherited a mess. Mm-hmm. And in year two, the first game didn't start as well as they had hoped. Yeah. But, but like you said, Mike Norvell inherited a mess. Didn't go well for Florida him State, first, and it, They were ready to ride him out of town in year two. Mm-hmm. Like, just because and that might be his that might be his point. I mean, Willie Willie Taggart at USF. Not, I think he was talking about Florida State. Right? Yeah, no, I, mean, I was going to say about, Florida State. The one year, and yeah. then you know, yeah, you know, a couple of years they wrote him out. I mean, you know, you mm-hmm. went one year to Oregon, but I'm saying at Florida State, like, yeah. just because year two didn't go well, right? You know, year two didn't go well for Norvell either. 
That's same right. school. And and you know, but the patience paid off. Not I'm not saying if they would have stuck with Taggart, it worked. Right. But what I'm saying, if you feel you've got the right guy, and they're building right. the right program, mm-hmm. it's not always going to be fixed in year two. No. No, I think it's hard. Um, now, if you if you determine for whatever reason that he's not the right guy, then I'm I'm of the opinion you should get rid of him immediately. You know, if Absolutely. you don't think this guy's going to win a national championship for you. I came around to that thinking like with the Glazers because they were firing coaches every two years. And somebody kind of made me see the light and said, well, look, if you don't think in your heart of hearts, you don't see Lovey Smith holding the Lombardi trophy, right, for the Buccaneers, then get rid of him. What do you, why is he here? And so I've come around to that thinking just in general about, you know, football coaches like, okay, if you don't think he can do it, you, you, don't, you don't envision that, you don't see that mm-hmm. possibility anymore, Get rid of them. Let them move on. But if you think that they're building the right program, Mm -hmm. then you've got to be patient. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, how many coaches recently have we seen that the patience pays off? Oh, yeah. Continuity wins. Continuity wins in in sports, but especially in college football. Mm -hmm. If you have the right guy. Yeah. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I'm watching highlights of USF right now from Western Kentucky, and they were – you know, at the end, it was a 10-point game. They got the strip yep. sack and touchdown. But there were three minutes to go. Well, with four minutes to go, it was a one-score game. You know, unfortunate ending for sure. Yep. But um, but a pretty good, a pretty good product. I mean, I'm sure it stung to lose, but yeah, I was I was bullish on the Bulls, man. I was good for good for Alex. He had him ready to play. So that showed me something about a, a first-year coach who's also going to have guys. Uh, in the transfer portal that's going to continue to recruit and and um, you know games like Saturday is a, is a good first step many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So we'll find out uh, a little bit later this week. Uh, we're going to have a chance to, mm-hmm. the Bucks are off today. We'll have a chance to talk to... Baker Mayfield, I believe, on Wednesday. Mike Evans, maybe on Thursday. Uh, the Rays, meanwhile, they're kind of scuffling along. Not a good series in Cleveland. It was not. Uh, they well, and they they had leads in those other two games they lost. You were there for one of them, right? I, I was there Friday night in Cleveland. Actually, it was a lot of Rays fans there. Uh, That's neat. Flew up Friday, and a lot of Rays yeah. fans on the flight. Huh. Two uh, um, one lead in you know six seventh inning, whatever it was, and. Renee Pinto hits a blast down the left field line, mm-hmm. gets the runner to third. There's two outs, and he goes to second and gets thrown out by a country mile. Can't do it. Ends the inning with Yandy Diaz coming up. That's the insurance Can't do route. It. Can't do it. Like, the play's in front of him. It was so frustrating to watch. Like, as soon as he took off, you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I'm sitting there like, what are you doing? He's a catcher, too, by the way. Yeah, he had no <laughs> shot at getting second base on that. Yeah. The throw yeah. wasn't going home. It was going to third. Yeah, of course. Because that's where the runner was going. Like it uh-huh. was just, oh, it was, and you're sitting there going, "That's going to cost them." In the next Andy inning, class now gave up two, and they lose three to two. 
Yeah, they lost a bunch of one-run games up there, the mm-hmm. two they lost. Uh, finally took the last one, and then, yeah. and then Jason it was Adams now on the IL. Uh, I mean, you just can't you can't sustain this. You just can't have every major pitcher in your staff end up with some kind of problem uh, and end up on the IL. Um, and then they had Kittrich out there, uh, you know, on Monday, and that game was a I, it was either a four to three game. I, I don't know if they were. I think they were winning. But they it was had four to three. Yeah, it was four to three because the, the Rays scored three on, in the first and then did nothing the rest of the game. That's right. So it was four to three. And they had two men on and two out, and they and they, they couldn't get them in. And then all of a sudden, uh, Kitchers goes out there, and they, I mean, the Red Sox hit a couple of home runs. They were just bombing away, and uh, and won it going away. So that was that was disappointing. Um, I don't know. They, they, it doesn't feel like the Rays, if they, you know, they'll get in the postseason. Still have a shot at the division, obviously. Uh, Baltimore's not slowing down any. But uh, it, it just doesn't feel, after the Wander Franco stuff, that this team is going to be consistent enough on offense. They'll go they'll go four or five innings without a hit sometimes, mm-hmm. you know. And, yeah, Baltimore's winning tonight in the ninth as we tape this. They're in Anaheim. They? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be a three and a half game lead. Three and a half division. games. Yeah. Right. And. Uh, but yeah, the, the lineup just doesn't feel deep enough. Mm-mm. No. I mean, when your li- when your lineup is Pinto, Bruhan, Aranda, Rayleigh in center, like it was today. Just and, and I, I mean I like all those players, and it's but it it just doesn't feel like it's deep enough to make a run. Yeah, the they sat. We'll they see. sat Yandy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was he was on the bench for it. He just had a day off. Yeah. But you're right. It's it's it used to be the the you know with Wander in there, that lineup felt like it was lengthened to about seven hitters, seven eight hitters, and now eh, about five. Mm-hmm. You know, that you really got to get through. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a tough run for him, and I don't I'm, I don't think they're conceding the American League yet or American League East, but um, you know. Certainly going to be. They've had a great August. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have. And now we're, we turn the page. We're into September, so it really doesn't matter. But they did atone for what happened in July. No more news on Wander. You're not going to see him the rest of the year, I don't believe. So Sounds like those uh, investigations are going to go well past the season. Yeah. And they, you know what? At this point, they probably should. You know, I, I think unless somehow you're able to exonerate him completely, I think it would be tough for him to come back. Um, and it might be tough on that clubhouse, too. You know, that's the other part of it. But, um, well, well, I mean, it, it all that matters, and I think all that mattered in the beginning of the year is what this team was going to do in the postseason. And they got up to such a great start, and it felt like such a special year and the way the offense was going, and then, then it was the arm trouble. You know, one starter after the other, McClanahan, all those guys, uh, and and now the Wander Franco situation. So they just can't get out from under themselves, you know, is what it comes down to. Um Somehow Kevin Cash is keeping them on the rails, though. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like they've ever really fallen off. No, nope. you know, they're they're still going out there and and uh, and winning games, winning series. So, um, you know, we're we're not that far from October. Hockey will be starting up. Mm-hmm. Have they begun uh, doing anything yet? Uh, camp will start in about two weeks. Two First weeks? preseason okay. game is uh, three weeks from tonight for the Lightning. Wow. Now it feels like they've been gone a while because you know what they have. They lost the first round this time. They end of April, the they were Cup. they they yeah. were done at the end of April. So yeah, so I kind of miss hockey. I mean, it feels like they've been gone a good while. 
Well, so. speaking of not coming back, Tom Brady. Oh, God. On the Tom Let's Brady. Go podcast. Well, Tom, you're not playing anymore. What's it been like? You know. No, first of all, you're not throwing anymore. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, he corrected. He corrected Scratchy on that one pretty quickly. He goes, "Oh, I'm throwing," <laughs> and he, he was like, "But I'm throwing to my son Benji because I asked him what do you, you know Benji wants to play football, and this is his uh, younger of the two sons." And he goes, uh, "He goes, well, I, you know, what do you want to play?" He goes, "I want to be a, t- I want to be like Gronk." I want to be a tight end. So he called Gronk and told him, and of course Gronk was thrilled. Um, but yeah, uh, I got news for you. This is just me. I, I just have this feeling that, oh, he's throwing, and not just a Benji, okay? Like there's Edelman's out there somewhere, Amendola somewhere. Um, who knows, right? Uh, but I, I still reserve judgment in this gap year that if, you know, if the leaves fall the right way, and I haven't seen where he's been approved yet, officially as the uh, minority owner of the of the Ra- of the Raiders just yet, because that would limit where he could go. But uh, yeah, I uh, I want to see what happens if we get November December and somebody some contending team needs to start a starting quarterback because whether he likes it or not, that phone's going to ring, and they're going to call Don Yee and ask if uh, Tom Brady's interested. So it rang for Ben Roethlisberger last year. It- Ranked for Philip Rivers last yeah, year. Yeah, that too. Yeah. And he hadn't played in a minute. So, yeah, somebody's always going to have a need in the postseason. So it'll be interesting. All right. Well, uh, that's it. Lots to talk about the rest of the week. Of course, you can send us your mailbag questions anytime you want. I got a few of those as ready as well. Uh, do that uh, on Twitter at SportsDayTV. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. Email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay. For Steve Burstein, Gummerick Stroud, Tampa Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 